And welcome everyone to Films with the Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Mama Kay. Hey, this is going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be cool, and because uh, tonight we are reviewing Coco, the Disney. 2017 Pixar film. Disney uh, movie, Disney movie. Yeah, finally getting to Disney movies. Uh, I'm, wearing, other, I'm, I'm wearing my Coco ears, does that help? The, the yeah the ear you know the the ears that they have in Disney World the different like um they're the Mickey Mouse, mouse ears, ears. They, yeah yeah the mouse ears um yeah. and yeah these are Coco themed ones that Mama Kay's got on so and I just go. happened to pick them up at the, our last trip to Disney World and I love them I usually only wear them at Disney though I don't wear them around but I did wear them while I was watching the movie so to get in the in, spirit in my house not at the movie theater so. I'm sure people wore them there, too, when it first came out. Probably not someone like me, but maybe, maybe. I'm not, you know, no judging. There's some interesting people who are Disney fans. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, this is our first Pixar film we've done. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I love Pixar movies. Pretty much all of them I seen. love Pixar movies. Pixar shorts, yes. Pixar, Pixar shorts movies. are great. Yeah. Um, there's a couple I have not seen all like I've missed like Cars 3 um, right. and, a, and Good Dinosaur I've not seen but um, yeah. you know I've seen definitely like I'd say three quarters of them yep. um, and say for a few they're all excellent excellent movies um, in my opinion anyway you, you it sounds like you agree well yeah I mean you grew up on them I think your first movie in the theater was Toy Story um the OG and pixar yeah the og even though it was 199 i'm looking at the date when that was released i'm like that was 1995 you would have been like a year and a half maybe two if we squeezed into 1996 i don't know how long movies were in theaters back then might have been a little <laughs> bit longer than today well, i know for, i know before they used to be in longer i don't know if the same applies for 95 but well i think i had probably had no business taking you to the movies at two so I but anyway much as a kid so no, you were happy. As long as you had a snack, you were good to go. So, uh, Coco came out two years ago, 2017. I'm going to give a quick plot synopsis for those who don't know. Uh, aspiring musician Miguel, uh, confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music, enters the land of the dead to find his great great grandfather, a legendary singer. Um, and that becomes different later on, but to start, yeah, that's what we're going with. <laughs> um, so this is directed by, uh, what's his name? Lee Unkirk, uh, Unkirk. Um, mm-hmm. he is a Pixar alum. He's worked as a producer and story writer on pretty much everything since, even since the original Toy Story and Bugs Life, like he was an editor on those. So he's been with Pixar in some capacity since the beginning. Uh, he first directed, he's got co-directing credits on Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo. And Toy Story 2, but his first solo directing credit was Toy Story 3, um, mm. and this is his second uh, directing, and as well as the he has the story credit. Um, so, a Pixar alum taking helm with this, and I think it shows because this has all the Pixar trademarks of being entertaining for all, pretty much all kid ages, and also right. having, you know, things for adults, adult themes uh, to keep everyone interested. Um and a lot you... of uh, hidden Mickey's and Disney things, et cetera, to keep the total, uh, you know, person who's a mouseophile really happy too. So you'll have to point those out when we get to them because those are the things I, I I don't really notice those things. I I look at I'm pretty strictly you know on the characters in the story. 
I don't, uh, I don't notice the, you know, certain movies I notice the Easter eggs, not, not in uh, movies like this typically, but uh, yeah, when we come across those, you have to talk about those. So uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I don't so, know, that, I don't know that they're super prevalent, but there are certain, there, you know, you always, you're always looking for the hidden Mickey. So you, you're always looking for the hidden Mickey. Um, the, okay, the, by sure you, that, I mean me. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure there are people always looking for the hidden Mickey. So, uh, so this is uh, before we get into uh, spoilers and talk about our ratings. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's over on Netflix right now. I don't know how much longer because Disney Plus will be coming out soon, and that'll be a whole other thing. But uh, check it out yeah. while it's there on Netflix. It's been for the past couple of months. Um, I think definitely worth a watch if you're a Pixar fan. Uh, so. We Even if you're a fan of just storytelling, it's a really, I wasn't expecting, uh, I mean, not that they don't tell good stories. I was just expecting sort of an ethnic version of something that we've already seen, but that's not what it was at all. It was a really good storyline. So. I mean, I guess I, I had high expectations because it's Pixar. I, I, they've let me down with, I don't know, cars. That's about it. Like other than, <laughs> like, other than that, I, Pixar has never really let me down. They're always, yeah. they're always ahead of the curve. They're, they're, yeah. They're the best. They honestly are. They're the best animated studio. They're one of the best studios, period. Um, But uh, so we rate things here at Films with the Women of My Life on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the film. So we will start with the plot. Mama K, what did you think of the plot of Coco? Well, I I was just saying that I think it's a really great story. So I think the plot was it kept me engaged um you know we it had some it had some twists and turns i mean it was it was enough of a straightforward plot but boy was i glad that you know ernesto de la cruz didn't turn out to be his great great grandfather because he was such a tool and <laughs> you know the but the but then you get into you know there's that he winds up killing his best friend you're like wow this is this is almost back to dark disney you know what i mean when nobody survives where it's like, you know, Snow White kind of stuff. And Well, we've already talked um, about this, you and me, off air. Like, yeah. Disney movies, there are rarely, uh, uh, you know, a, a two parents household. Yeah, the nuclear family does not exist in Disney. No, so. there's always a widow or a widower or an orphan. Yeah. Like, there's all, or, or raised by grandparents. Like, there's always, right. it's never traditional, like, old school mom and dad or i guess current day just two parents in general there's never it's never a two-parent household right unless they're grandparents (laughs) unless they're grandparents right it's yeah it's just never it's never your traditional like old school which is an interesting take here because coco actually has not just a mother and a father but she has a he has a huge family uh live both living and dead Um, i mean miguel Sorry, not Coco. Yeah, Miguel. Coco is. Yeah, I was a, curious why this was called Coco for a long time, and I think Coco it makes sense is, by the end. But it, it makes sense. I mean, once you introduce to the character of Coco, but you're sort of like, what? This has got to mean something more. Why is this movie not called Miguel? Right. So we um, did you give your rating on the plot? I know you sounds like you liked it, but yeah, I did. I mean, I would give it. I would give it a strong four. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you. I think it's also a four. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to say for the first hour, it's pretty conventional and I'm a little underwhelmed and the last mm, half, what is that? Half uh, 45 minutes is incredible. It's so good. The last, the last third of this movie is really, really, oh, it's so good. I will get to that when we get to it, but yeah, they're setting it up. So like smart. I don't even, (laughs) I I love that. 
and that's Pixar. I don't I don't realize how well they're setting up at the beginning. Cause I, it just seems kind of mechanical at the beginning until we get to I guess till we get to for me it's till we get to De La Cruz's mansion. There to the end is all right. Epic, right. And, beautiful yeah. twists and turns. Everything's great. Um, yeah. But we'll until start the, at the first beginning. big twist. Then yeah. Oh the oh the twist. I, I mean we'll get to that. But like that was that was a twist. That was a good one. <laughs> um, so we start with Miguel. Uh, he's a 12-year-old kid. Uh, he lives with his very lar- very large family. Um, and he actually and- has two living parents. So yeah, that's what after we're saying. everything we've said, you know, it's he does have two living parents. He has so. the two the rare two living parents, but um, the parents aren't as involved. The involved right. character is the grandmother. Um, right. The grandmother, uh, did they just call her Abuelito? Abuelita, I mean, Abuelita, which is literally the right. grandmother. Um, right. <laughs> So her, she's like the matriarch of the family. Um, they are shoemakers, uh, but Miguel dreams of being a musician, and uh, Abuelita strictly forbids music. We see in a little montage before the whole movie starts. Uh, her, the great great grandmother Imelda was married to a man who left their three year old daughter Coco, which is the titular Coco, who in right. this movie is a very old woman. Probably. Oh my god, she's the cutest thing ever, though. <laughs> she's like... Uh, she's shoe yeah. leather. I mean, honestly, it's a good thing they're shoemakers, because she is shoe leather. It's amazing. Yeah, she's gotta be a hundred or something. Like, she's this <laughs> she's this blocky, tiny old woman who just sits in a rocking chair all day and doesn't say much. She, it sounds like she has some sort of Alzheimer's or, you know, some sort of troubling remembering. Some or, sort of dementia, yeah. Yeah, so she's uh, got some she, memory issues. She reminded me of uh, a female... Carl from Up, you know. The yeah, dad uh, as far Up, as like, character character design, that's definitely right. Um, I what mean, you're total. At. Just if you're thinking of somebody, think of how blocky he was. That's how blocky Coco is, but in a female form with braids. Oh my god, so cute. Yeah, she's great. She, her look is awesome. Every time yeah, they show like a flashback awesome. with her is 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 great. Um, yeah. But the in the flashback, flashback with the great great grandmother Imelda, the man she's married to leaves. Three-year-old Coco, little girl Coco. So this is like a hundred years before, or ninety years, whatever. It's it's a long time before. <laughs> it's, it's the nineteen twenties, so yeah, you can yeah, ninety years. Yeah, yeah, right around. Yeah, about ninety years, and yeah. um, so he leaves her. We've, we're in present day now with Miguel. Miguel's in present day with his large family, and he wants to be a musician. And the big musician in town in, in all of Mexico is Ernesto de la Cruz, uh, who's dead. Who is also dead. He died in a accident <laughs> that involved a large bell falling on him during a show. A tragic belfry accident, if there ever was one. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I never uh, thought I'd get to say that ever in my life. A tragic belfry accident. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the opportunity. Um, yeah. And uh, so he's like the idol of every musician in town, including Miguel who there's like statues of him. He's in old movies. He's a big deal. Um, And the day we start on is uh, Dia de la Muerte, uh, Day of the Dead. Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. Forgive me if I butcher some Spanish things. (laughs) I'm not, yeah, as versed as I could be. Um, He was raised on the East Coast. I'll do what I can. Uh, you, oh yeah, you're California, so you gotta you gotta <laughs> correct me if I'm if I'm mistaken. Um, but uh, Miguel, so the, the whole thing is they have the ofre- ofrenda. Am I saying that right? Ofrenda. Uh, the little the little stand yeah, with the pictures I all rest on. What that's called. Yeah, yeah. It's called. Well, that's it, what. Yeah, 
that's what they do for Dia de los Muertos. That is that how you you remember your ancestors basically, um, and they have the ofrenda. I think it is the ofrenda, yeah. uh, where you put your put their pictures up, and if their pictures are up, then they're remembered. Um, then you're remembering them, and they so they can stay alive in the afterlife. I guess is is how it's always been told to me, and then that's sort of how the movie is too. Is that you live in the afterlife as long as your memory lives with with the living. And that's another clever, the way Pixar d- p- portrays the afterlife and the mechanics of your remembered yeah. by your is really clever. I love how, I love how it's portrayed. So the way it works is the afterlife is like this big city kind of thing, which looks beautiful by the way, that you can't also, really Also it looks see. like something straight out of like Star Wars, the prequels, honestly. Yeah, but like. But not, colorful, yeah, but not so plasticky. Like it looks lived in, um, yeah, and and uh, <laughs> and fun. And the way that the dead come to see the living, not face to face, but just come to the living world to get the gifts that they receive on their tombstones on Day of the Dead, is they cross mm-hmm. this flower flower bridge, um, right? And uh, anyone who has their picture put up is allowed to cross over and receive their gifts. And that's how the memory of the people in the afterlife is carried on. So um, the whole family, and I think if we said this already, the whole family does not want uh, Miguel playing music because of the great-great-grandfather who ran away. And since then, they're shoemakers, no music. That's the whole thing. And the grandmother, especially Abuelita, is staunchly opposed to this. Um right. So Miguel breaks into the tomb of Ernesto de la Cruz to steal, not steal his guitar, but use his guitar. To borrow it. Borrow it, right. Because he finds out when he knocks the picture off the ofrenda, ofrenda, oh my god, the ofrenda, um, (laughs) that the man whose face is torn off in the picture, the great-grandfather picture, has the guitar of Ernesto de la Cruz. He's like, oh my god, Ernesto de la Cruz is my grandfather, and... He was great great grandfather, great, great grandfather, because he was a musician and he ran away and that's his guitar in the picture and he goes into the tomb and that's the guitar. Um, So he breaks into the tomb to steal the guitar, strums it, and he is immediately transported into the like the the land of the dead, which. Yeah, the afterlife. Yeah. So like the people in the real in the living world can't see him. He passes through them um, and he immediately runs into several of his family members also who are up on the ofrenda. And um, this is how he gets to the afterlife. Um, right. And I love the afterlife, how you get over. It's like a TSA line, arrivals and departures. They <laughs> scan you. And right. um, if your picture, and then it shows like an old timey black and white photo because your, your picture is somewhere on the friend ofrenda. And if you have your picture up, they let you through. And if you don't, then they grab you and take you back and we see that happen to one of the skeletal relatives trying to get out and that is hector he dresses as frida kala um he does (laughs) it does not fool the machines and (laughs) they they take him back and arrest him um and so now we we kind of follow uh two storylines briefly it's miguel with meeting his dead family um, including the great-great-grandmother Imelda, and then we see Hector, uh, the vagrant guy trying to get to his family, but it's not up on the ofrenda, so he's not allowed to cross over. Um, right, he's and- trying to find a way to cross over because he wants to see his daughter. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to get to his daughter. That's what he keeps explaining to the people at the the fake that the the TSA, the TSA line for the dead. Yeah, and the and the. But cop. Not, it's not just TSA. If you'll notice, it also looks a little bit like the entrance to the Magic Kingdom when yep. you're at either Disney World, Magic Kingdom, Disney World, or Disneyland at Disneyland. It looks very like that. So. Yeah, I guess the gate does kind of look like that. I thought of TSA because of the arrival and departure signs, um, but right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it looks kind of like the gates at Disney World or Disneyland. Right. Um, I was waiting for somebody to swipe their magic band. Honestly, I was like, when's somebody going to swipe the magic band to get through? I think that's that's how this should happen. Yeah, no, they have to they have to give them a full scan so they make sure that they're you know that they're actually up on someone's agenda. <laughs> uh, not not just a fingerprint. Well, I they guess don't, they don't really have, have fingerprints. Yeah, they're skeletons. They're bones, yeah. Um, yeah. So our principal characters here are Miguel. Um, Hector becomes a character throughout. And then I guess other than... And we meet Ernesto de la Cruz later. And then we also have... Um, we have Mama Imelda. I would say those four get the most screen time. So considering those are our major characters in this, yeah. what, what would you rate the characters in this movie? I think the characters are... You know, they're solid. They're not anything extra special i don't think so i mean i would give them a i'd give them a four as well I, they're uh they they're designed to do their job and they do their job really well so yeah i think uh, a four is fair i give them a four but like a on the strength it, it's more of a three or a three five if it not for i love hector a lot i really love <laughs> hector the character as we go through i love him even more by the end he's the best um, I really, really like Hector. I think Ernesto de la Cruz later on becomes a really interesting villainous character. Um, Miguel is strong enough to carry the movie like as we go. Like I don't, he's not. There's nothing annoying about him. There's nothing irritating. That sometimes Pratt falls of having a kid lead lead. You can have that happen, but I don't find him annoying at all. I I, I find him very admirable and um, realistic as a twelve year old. Um, and Mama Melda is. I like her arc by the end of it. So uh, a four, I think it's fair, but mostly on the strength of Hector. I really like uh, Hector's character. Yeah, I think Hector has the most, because he kind of, uh, he evolves as you're watching it. You don't really know what to expect. And I think I was expecting something bad from Ernesto de la Cruz from the beginning. Oh, you Uh, were. I I really was. Well, because, you know, you find so if you're introduced to somebody that's so revered, uh, maybe it's just the cynical part of me, but I was like, oh, this guy has got to have some sort of dark side. And, and it turns out that his dark side is the actual dark side. Like he's not, uh, a good person at all. And even in, even in death, he's a terrible person. <laughs> so I guess I kind of, I understood that he was going to be not all he was cracked up to be, but I thought he would be just kind of shallow and vain and not quite as, yeah. I mean, he's sinister. And not he a murderer. A, he is a, yeah, he is a bad, bad guy. And uh, yeah. Hector, I guess I wasn't expect. I was expecting him to have a noble turn by the end, but I wasn't, ex- yeah. what we get is not what I was expecting. The way they do it is much better than I could have. It's yeah. better than I was. Expecting. I was not expecting the turn that comes. Um, yeah. But so we, Miguel is a, is turning into a skeleton. Is the point of his? That's his uh, race against the clock. He needs right. He, he has to be done by the the morning after Dia de los Muertos. He has to be back in the land of the living. out of the yeah out of the world of the dead. So he wants to get. So he can leave as long as a family right. member gives him a blessing, 
And right. uh, Mommy Emilda is willing to give him that blessing on the condition that he never plays music again because she hates music, but Miguel loves music. Um, it's a pretty right. simple plot device that I buy because I don't yep. know, it just it makes sense. Both characters, despite their you know this even Mama Miller's small screen time, I I understand where she comes from and it makes sense to me. And I understand Miguel's his whole thing is to play music. So he's like, I will not go back because you said not to play music. Well, he tries, but then as soon as he strums a guitar in real life, he gets sent right back. Um, right. So he has to get the approval of someone in his family who will allow him to play music and since all the other uh all the other ancestors are afraid of great great grandmother Emilda, he has to find right. ernesto de la cruz who he believes is his great great grandfather um, right so he's, that, he's figuring that, since he's a big music guy he'll say he won't put that caveat on his blessing and just send them right back right he's the only one in the family who understands music and appreciates it like him so that's now his quest is to find ernesto de la cruz so he can get his blessing to get sent back with music um, and this is crossed with Hector, whose goal is to have his picture put up on his daughter's ofrenda so that he may be remembered in the real world and not fade to, I guess, second death. We learn that pretty quickly. Hector and uh, and Miguel, because they are kind of forced to work together because of their two intersecting goals. Um, right. And Hector takes Hector takes him on a couple different to a couple different contacts first to. Uh, First to the real Frida, um, who is who is like running a show for Ernesto. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. She has like the the play where it's like the fruit they crawl out of a fruit and then yeah they pray to like a god who's also her and then we need fire (laughs) like it's yeah she I mean that is like if if you know anything about Frida Kahlo that is so Frida Kahlo like (laughs) that's exactly what life is so weird in her eyes that. When she's doing, when in the movie, when this character that's like Frida Kahlo is doing this stuff, you're just like, yes, this is exactly what I expect from you. Just really out there thoughts and color and craziness. And <laughs> yeah, that's what she was all about. Also her unibrow, which is. Right. Is the fun- iconic unibrow. Which predominantly, is, yeah, featured. I, I mean, that's all I know from her. I don't know her, her real life at all. So <laughs> when I saw the unibrow, I saw, you know, I mean, that was like, all right, I get it. It's Frida. Like, that's all, yeah. like, that's all I needed. Um, so that's one of his contacts. They, um, but Ernesto is not at the rehearsal for the show because he doesn't do that because he's you know doesn't do rehearsals, doesn't need to. Yeah, so he has to take him to his second contact to get a uh, instrument so that they can play in the talent show to get a ticket to Ernesto's big party. Uh, just like in the real world, how Miguel wanted to play in the talent show in the real world. Now there's a. Um, a you know day of the dead talent show in the afterlife um right which you know in, in an ordinary movie i would be like ah it's ugh, the talent show he has to win the talent show to go see the thing like uh, blah but because it's parallel between the two worlds i I, right. I like it a little bit more it's just a it's a basic plot point that has an extra little twist to make it not so bland um yeah it's not just forced in there it's actually part of the other part of the movie so you're like okay i totally buy this that this is happening yeah it's not forced it feels like a real it feels like a real right logical next step um yeah. so the ne- so to get the instrument uh hector takes uh hector takes miguel to this like it reminded me of the blue bayou in uh, pirates of the caribbean um yeah <laughs> it's yep. it's like this swampy area for all of the people who are slowly being forgotten 
Uh, their right. their names are not put up on ofrendas every year, and the yep. family members who remember them are getting older and dying off. And when the last person who remember, and I've had this theory forever. I've always talked about the two days you die. The second day you die is the last person who remembers you. Right. alive dies and that's kind of this what happens here the last person who remembers you as soon as they die you die 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 like you're not even in the land of the dead well, anymore you kind of fade into non-existence i think that's everybody's great fear with death i mean there's there's death itself but then there's also the you want to make your mark in life because you want to be remembered um so is it really you know i mean part of that's like is it really a fear of death or is it just a fear of being forgotten and not having uh you know had some sort of impact um either on your family or on society i mean family we got to talk about family a little bit because family the word family and the meaning of family plays a big part in this movie because there's the family your your uh flesh and blood (laughs) flesh and blood (laughs) family (laughs) also bones and not blood uh family and and then (laughs) That sometimes drop into your mouth, which was really gross. Um, <laughs> but then there's, you know, there's also people talk about when, you know, you're an entertainer and you have this family and these, you know, you count all of your fans as your family. And that's really where, where Ernesto lived. Um, um, but we, you know, we know, and I think that we kind of know in our hearts too, that that's not, that's never a real family. That's just something that people have in common and th- they might have connections amongst themselves, but there's really no real connection to the person that you're, you know, idolizing, even though right. they're like, you're my, you're like my family. Um, so there's that, there is that that's happening at the movie, in the movie at the same time. And family supposed to support one another, yet they're not going to support Miguel because they have this, you know, three generation issue with music. Um, I think it's more, that, it's like four or five generations, really. I mean, I guess Grandma Coco right. yeah, likes so. music, yeah, but four, everyone else. Four, yeah. Grandma Coco does, but, you know, and they, and they treat her so well. I mean, it's not like they're like, oh, you're crazy, Grandma Coco, or whatever. They're just, you know. No, she's revered, she's, but she's also no longer yeah. in charge because of her faded memory. and Right, right. So, um, um, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, family, like the family and like existing beyond your death and not being forgotten is definitely a big thing right. here. Like, because, because the feet, like the fear of dying is, alleviated in this movie because oh you die you go to the second life basically but then if you don't have some sort of legacy and if you don't have a family right. that you know will remember you that is what ends you that's what happens to one of um one of hector's friends uh, who he takes the guitar right. from he fades away because we see him fade away because his family is gone the last people who remember him are gone um right. so you know it creates a, re- a very real threat for hector if he doesn't get his picture out there in the real world to the ofrenda and if his story isn't told he's done you know very shortly right um and he feels in his life i mean we see him start to fade at certain points and so we know that whoever is this last member his daughter uh is fading in her life and her real life and so that we know that he's this is a real uh time sensitive situation yeah it's a very it's a clever way to create a sense of urgency for both um Yes. For both of them, so that they have to work together as much as they can. Um, but it leads us right. to the talent show, where um, yeah. we get a bunch of little clips of them, of all the people basically singing different Ernesto de la Cruz songs, because he's like the be-all, end-all <laughs> in this afterlife. Um, and he gives an awesome performance, and we see um, that, and we see see it back in the like bayou. Uh, Hector can play guitar, too, and he's a decent musician himself. 
Um, and mm. he accompanies uh, H- uh, Miguel while they're playing. Um, but the whole time they're being stalked by, and we haven't talked about it yet, the giant cr- cat creature that is right. controlled by uh, Mama Imelda. It's like their right. afterlife spirit guides. I don't really know what they're called. I don't remember what they're called. But um, yeah, no, I think that's that's perfectly accurate. That that's what they it are. covers. Yeah, um, it covers what it is. It's um so uh, Mama Imelda's giant spirit guide is a yeah a large cat with like eagle wings, um and it is hunting <laughs> of course down it is. what. Of course it is. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be a giant cat with eagle wings? Yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. Um, and yeah. uh, it's hunting down, um, it's hunting down Hector or not Hector Miguel, who has to also disguise himself as a skeleton because every time people see him as a real person, uh, they freak out. They're like, "Oh, a living boy!" And then you know, it's on blast yeah. that this family is looking for the living boy. Um, right. So they actually get into a confrontation here because Miguel and Hector, after they don't quite win the presentation, you hear on the announcement um, that they're looking f- that they're looking for a kid named Miguel and that his family's looking for him. And Hector is under the impression that he doesn't have any family. That's why he needs to find Ernesto de la Cruz to send him back. But as soon as he finds out, he feels lied to. And he's like, you could have gone back already and put my picture up and saved my life. And you didn't do it. And then. You know, Miguel saying to, or to Hector, well, you weren't entirely honest either with your, tri- you know, he's been a trickster. This Hector's been a trickster this whole time about knowing De La Cruz. Right. And so they both kind of have a little falling out there um, and they split up temporarily. Miguel goes to try to get into De La Cruz's party. The band that wins lets him in because they're so impressed by him. And we get to De La Cruz's mansion and it's fucking right. sweet it is awesome looking <laughs> the afterlife his afterlife Pretty mansion cool. is crazy awesome oh my god yeah. and let's talk about the visual and sound of this movie what, what would you give because it's got lots of great oh, music the, and yeah there it's a five i mean yes i am <laughs> i was stum- stunned by everything thing the score i mean it had me from the beginning first of all it starts off you know disney movie starts off with the castle and na 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 well not this one and pixar's done this a couple times i think at least i can think of they've been doing it more now there might be more more modern movies have been incorporating the castle in different ways it does but it was just like okay we're already starting like this is happening right now and then it starts off the very beginning of the movie starts off with the um the papers, the papel picado, the, uh, it's like, um, what do you call it? Banners, you know, the yeah. banners that you, that you have, you might have a banner at your birthday party, or whatever, but these are Mexican banners and they're made of paper and they're all hand cut. And that's where it starts to tell the story from the beginning. And I, what that just grabbed me right from the get go. Yeah, I was like literally nice. in the three caballeros ride at, Disney World, like yes, I'm already in. What, oh, what you're talking there? about the one in Epcot, the one that like is yeah, yeah, <laughs> in Mexico, yeah, in, in Mexico and Epcot, Mexico Epcot, yeah, yeah, and no one rides this ride because it's a slow ride. It's like a very miniature version of Small World. It's not you know 19 minutes long, which is good. Um, it's chill. Plus, like it has it. great music. Yeah, and we ride it every time we go because it's just that charming. <laughs> um, so, and that that's part of that. And so when that comes up and you, I was just, I was in and it was so colorful and all, everything is vivid. And like when they go to the, the city of the dead and like you were saying how it's sort of built out of, 
it almost looks like cliffs, but you know it's space, you know, and yeah. um, it's just it's just amazing. And even that crazy cat griffin thing that you were talking about earlier yeah. is the most fantastical colors. Um, the the flower that they use that marigold flower that is gone. It, it's it's like seeded throughout the film. That's sort of the pathway to and from uh, the living and the dead is this most. Uh, it's a stunning. It's not just a color. It's like it's vibrant. Everything is so vibrant and alive, even though you're in the city of the dead. Right. Everything is really super alive. Um, yeah. It's and, um the the land of the dead looks awesome. It looks so great. Like all yeah. of the like the yeah the floating cities, the colors, everything is just yeah vibrant and alive, even though it's dead. That's such a yeah. good way to put it. Um, and the yeah, yeah. And, oh and like I love the it's a five for me too. By the way, it's it's really I can't <laughs> you really would have to nitpick to not give this a five. Um, I don't know how you, I can't think of anything that's even remotely close. And Pixar does great stuff with everything. Oh yeah, they've gotten. And I can't think of anything that's remotely close. Yeah, yeah I, like I think of like their earlier work and just how far they've come as far as computer animation. Yeah. And it's, I mean, this yeah, is this yeah. is the mark to beat. It's so good. Um, and the music. Right. Oh, the songs are so good. The songs are really well the written. The songs are good. Not just the yeah, not just the... the main one. Remember me, which is also awesome. And they do like four or five different right. versions, which are all great. But um, they yeah. play a bunch of different ones. The one he plays at the end of this family. The one he plays at the talent show. Yeah. Like they. Oh, I love the music when they enter um, his castle. It's like electronic. Uh, yeah. Um, but Mary, yeah, it's like electronic and... mariachi music. It's yeah. awesome. And this and like all the way up to this movie, I've been like on board, and it's been like a solid, good movie. And when they enter De La Cruz's palace, it from here to the end is just excellent excellent it's so incredibly yeah. good uh miguel gets yeah. everyone's attention by playing one of his songs um de la, he confronts or he falls into like a pool de la cruz saves him and he's like i'm your right. great great grandson he's like i have a great great grandson oh and then we see like a montage of them hanging out and it looks aw- i mean they're just like hanging out at like his mansion and doing all kinds of cool stuff um well and the pool was funny because when he when he fell into the pool you know, I had already thought, like I said, I already thought uh, De La Cruz was kind of a dick. So right. he, when he jumped in to save him, I thought, I am wrong. I am so wrong about this dude. And they're hanging and out. He seems like such wrong, a good guy for a while, right? He, yeah. For a little while, he's a good guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, you peel back the layers and we find out that, you know, there's been some really bad spiked tequila in the past. And Yeah. So me- yeah. meanwhile, of all this, Hector uh, reprises his Frida disguise and again yeah, yeah and you know gets <laughs> somehow gets past everyone fine um and gets into de la cruz's mansion <laughs> and the party's closing up de la cruz is about to send um miguel home with the little leaf right the uh, trick the yeah. blessing and hector yeah. confronts him and he's like you stole all my music and then and um de la cruz is kind of admitting that yeah they really were partners and then uh, simultaneously, one of his old movies is playing, and he says one of the lines from the movies by accident. De La Cruz does, and it's right. um, it basically reveals in a nice flash tech montage that De La Cruz poisoned Hector, and yep. to because Hector wanted to leave, but De La Cruz Hector was trying to get he home. He was trying to go home to see his daughter, and to see his daughter, and. Uh, De La Cruz is like, no, I need your songs because he's a shit songwriter, and De- and uh, Hector's the good songwriter, but he has the charisma, so he's gonna, so he poisons him with tequila, 
And when he dies in the street, takes his songs, and yep. so Hector dies right there, and that's how he gets to the afterlife. And, you know, Ernesto de la Cruz becomes a big star before his death off of the songs of Hector. Um, didn't right. see it coming. Did not see the way this all nope. would happen coming. Um, I didn't either. Even more what I don't see coming is... Well, I see this coming. De La Cruz is now obviously a bad guy. He throws Miguel yeah. and Hector in this pit. Um, and yeah, a cenote. Hector recalls his life, talks about his daughter. He never got to see Coco. And that's right. when you realize... <gasps> Coco? He's the great-great-grandfather to Miguel, not De La Cruz. Not De La Cruz. And the guitar, right. the reason he thought it was a guitar is because he stole it from Hector. He stole everything from Hector. It was Hector's music and yeah. guitar. And all his, And De La Cruz just killed him and took his shit. <laughs> Pretty crazy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's the second big reveal. And that I also did not see coming. That was a really good way nope. to, to reveal all that. I thought it was just going to be like... Um, Miguel having to come to terms with the fact that his great great grandfather is not who he right. thought he was, and Hector realizes right. that you know this is his new family, but no, they really are family, and that and that right was such a crazy turn, and uh, I'm crying at parts yeah. of here. I'm I'm crying through most of the end of this when um, <laughs> when Hector is singing the Remember Me song, and you get the flashbacks of Little Coco. Oh yeah, yeah, tears are streaming, yes. tears are coming down. Every everyone's crying. So um oh man. That was so good. It, oh, the turn is so good. So now we have to yeah. get, we have to conclude. We have to get out. Um, we, I don't know if we've mentioned even much the mangy dog that's been following. That's been. You mean Dante? Dante, the dog that's been. Yeah. What? What? What did you wish that you were that I named you instead of Brennan? I, I mean, two names, Desmond and Dante. Um, but yeah. So. This dog is the craziest dog, and he reminds me of the hyenas in Lion King. Yeah, actually. Ed the hyena, especially. Yeah, Ed, totally Ed the hyena. Yeah, you're so right. So he turns Just out that. to be the one he's been following around this whole time. We don't know why he's been able to also be in the spirit world at the same time as the real world. He turns out to be one of the guardians, just like the big cat sphinx eagle thing. Yeah. So right. him and the cat Dante. sphinx eagle, eagle thing rescue them. Um, Hector has to confront, you know, uh, Mame Milda. They have to kind of, n- kind of reconcile at the beginning and like kind of accept each right. other's, you know, faults and what happened. Um, Come to an agreement that they need to work together, basically, right, to help Miguel get home. Um, right, which right. he can do, except Hector or uh, De La Cruz has stolen the picture of Hector, the one that he needs to put right. on the uh, to put on the ofrenda to save him. So they right. have to go to uh, De La Cruz's big show, and they have a showdown. Him and the whole family uh, versus, like, Ernesto's bodyguards. Uh, I like here also that in the background, Frida's um, <laughs> Frida's show is playing out with the fire and yes. the crawling out of the fruit. <laughs> like, Well, they use that part. They all become Frida's. Yeah, they all become Frida's praying to, like, a giant yeah. Frida. And, um, yeah, I love, I love Frida in this whole movie. Like... This movie could have been called Frida. It could not have. Um, <laughs> I'll give you she's a good side character, but she's got like five minutes of screen time. <laughs> I know, but I think that it's just, I mean, it's interwoven through so much of of the movie that I think it's just, I don't know. I have a degree in art history. You know, I love Frida. Yeah, yeah art so. history. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. So, so Ernesto, um, his crimes are exposed to the audience when they are confronted yeah. Um, because okay, that's the only part of this movie that I really didn't care really? for. Really? 
I didn't, I didn't like that, uh, the way that they did that. I felt like that was pretty contrived. You know, they basically started filming him as he was saying, and as he was spouting off about how he, you know, he took over, he took his music and it's not, he's not the real singer and he, or he's not the real songwriter and all of this kind of stuff. And I felt that like that was a little too, uh, that was, that felt contrived to me. I, I, didn't I like could that. agree if the way it's all told out is a little more organic than that because it's, um, it's, uh, Miguel, you know, yelling at him, saying all these things, and the cameras are there right. because it's his big show. It's not like uh, the cameras right. just around, you know, inorganically. It is no, there for his show. I feel like that's been that's a thing. That's a you know that's a trope that yeah. I've seen before though, and, and I and I don't love it. So I think that maybe that's part of it. I don't I don't love it. I don't think I've loved it in any sense that it's been in. So yeah, I'm like okay, well you know people need to find that out, or do they? I mean, does it matter now that? Well, that's another thing. And the first time I watched it, I don't know if it if I fully liked what happened at the end with heck with the reputations of Hector and De La Cruz and how it plays out. I don't know if I fully buy it. Second time watching it because I would say you've seen this. This is your first time watching it. It's my second time. Yeah. I think the second time watching it, I it makes a little more, I don't know if it makes more sense, but like I see it more because I already know what's happening and I'm able to kind of look at it more. But, right. um, but the big yeah. thing is you see De La Cruz fucking throw Miguel over a cliff, like on the camera. Yeah. Like he's, he's ruthless. Yeah. He will kill a, he won't just kill his best friend. He'll kill a child. Like, and, right. Um, and also, even if he's not doing it on camera, he's throwing him into the crowd, his, his crowd, like, someone's gonna... Oh, no, gonna... he throws him over a cliff. It falls not in the... I mean, the crowd is watching, but... Oh, I feel like... No, he, he's... I, I he almost plummets... A cliff of what, He's plummeting outside of the whole stadium. Oh, I didn't get that feeling, but okay. Yeah, because... But the... if you saw it twice, I trust Well, because you. at the very end, the lion-bird creature swoops in and saves him, and he's about to hit the ground outside the whole thing. It's not like it's inside the Coliseum. Oh, I just kind of felt like it was in the mosh pit. No, no, there's no other people. It's it's on the outside because De-, De La Cruz oh, okay. turns around and goes in back into the stadium because this is all like behind, like back behind the stage or whatever. Yeah, and he goes in. Yeah. They see the whole thing. They boo him. the The creature saves yeah. Miguel, um, but he loses the picture yeah. of Hector. So Miguel gets right. sent back. No caveats, but without Hector's picture. So he in the and meanwhile De La Cruz is getting booed by the dead. Um, but Miguel in the real world, he runs home with the gu- guitar he took he took from the mausoleum, and um, tries to get to Mama Coco, who's clearly in poor health, not remembering anything. Um, yeah, she's declined. And in order movie. to help her remember, he plays "Remember Me," and I continue to yes. cry. I cry more, and I continue to cry, <laughs> and then Mama Coco starts singing along, and then I cry more, and and right. then and then she and then at the end of the song, she opens up a little drawer next to her next to her rocking chair, and there's all these poems and notes that uh, that Hector wrote her in real life, her dad, um, and you see the little yeah. corner picture of Hector. And the little corner that's been missing from the ofrenda this whole time, the little torn out piece, um, puts it together, puts it up on the ofrenda, and it, then I guess Mama Coco in her last year of life tells tales of her father. And because right. the song has triggered her memory and kept her, kept uh, the memory of Hector just enough alive. Um, right. And we get a flash one year later, like a, a nice uh, a jump to one year later. Mama Coco has died. Um, her, she gets put up on the ofrenda. 
um, but not before uh, uh, Hector could be remembered. And we get an awesome montage ending of of Miguel playing the guitar while the dead family and the living family, not knowing each other is there, but kind of like intertwined. Um, right, they're having a little yeah, fiesta. a little de- uh, Day of the Dead, the next year fiesta. Um, and I'm still right. crying. I'm crying this whole everything from when he sings "Remember Me" <laughs> to the grandma to the end. I am crying so much. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of crying. I didn't cry that much the first time. This time I cried even more. So, I I mean, yikes. And uh, I guess you know, for <laughs> I'll just say it right now, the feel and resonance for this movie is a five because I I <laughs> I can't cry for half an hour in a movie that's an hour and forty five minutes and it's a kids movie and not say that I don't feel and resonate with it so much because I do. I love Hector. It's an animated film. It's not a kids movie. I mean, we got to get off of that right away. So. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's direct. It's you have to say it's. I mean, it's. I know. It's got. Th- it's got th- obviously themes and things for adults, but it's a movie you can take kids to. It's yeah. a, a family movie. How about a family movie? You could say yeah. that. Um, yeah. But I love Hector's arc, and I love Miguel's. Miguel and Hector's arcs are great and i i love that the mama imelda the the dead great great grandmother comes comes to peace and and gets her husband and everything's better like i love how it it's such an er, it's an earned happy ending for everyone um except for ernesto which you know he he gets he is which good because he doesn't need that well can we talk about how he also dies in the afterlife as he is once again Killed by a bell in the Belfry, which yes. I think is just amazing. The good, yeah, the, the, like, the cat sphinx so throws good. him against uh, the right? bell tower, and then the bell crushes him <laughs> a second time. Um, and I guess as long as people still remember him, he's not really dead, but I choose to believe that. Yeah, I'm thinking Belfry he's probably really alive, but probably doesn't have his mansion anymore. He's probably in the you know, right. desolate. Um, we also get in like the real world because of all those poems and notes he sent back to his daughter, Hector is now recognized as the songwriter of all the songs. And he has like a little, not as, not as, um, gaudy and, you know, crazy big as Ernesto's was, but he has like a modest little, uh, kind of like museum to him, uh, that we see. Right. Well, it's at the Rivera, it's at the Rivera shoe shop. Is that in front of the shoe shop? I thought it was like a separate. It is. No, I think it is because it's they they were sh- they showed people were looking in and you could see uh, the guitar and then all the little pe- yeah. the poems surrounding the guitar and the Riveras were shoemakers this whole time instead of being songwriters and singers and I find that really interesting. You're talking about resonance and um, what's the thing? Resonance, resonance and feel, and, you know, and feel, yeah, hundred um, percent. And I do have to bring some West Coast stuff into this because the the story, uh, the fact that they're shoemakers, it might be lost on a lot of people. But growing up, I had a lot. I grew up in a town that had a lot of Mexican-American families and I had a lot of Mexican-American friends. And um, there there's this thing called La Chancla, which I don't know that I've talked to you about. No, not for um, But it's the classic Watch out for Abuela or your mom when she takes off her sandal. Oh, her yeah. They are always waving their beat sandals you with at it. people when they're threatening Oh, them. yeah. So that's called, yeah, that's called, it's called La Chancla. And no one wants to be around when that happens. <laughs> and I saw that happen on the regular. And when there's a scene very early in the movie where uh, 
the grandmother at uh, Miguel's house is chasing him, you know, with her shoe. And I am like, this is amazing. And it comes back several times during the movie. You probably didn't notice it, but it was something that I noticed a lot. always doing it too in the afterlife. Yeah. And so it's just like, this is, this is, this is so, uh, that in itself, that with, along with the, um, the Papo Picado, the, 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 um, the paper, the paper cut, yeah. um, over, over the town and telling the story at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. That was just like, this, this is, this is, you know, this is sending me back to my childhood. And, you know, not that it was ever illegal to sing in my town or whatever, but, you know, I went to places where there was, you know, I would hear mariachi music all the time. And, um, it was just really, it was so true to life that for a movie about the day of the dead. You yeah. Know? It's kind of amazing. There's a point where somebody they're they're sitting there and they're eating street corn, and I'm like, Oh yeah, yes. they do. The, the one corn, the dead eat know? the street I mean, corn too. The the one guy the, comes back in the yeah, stadium. What I did mean, I miss? <laughs> After the... what did I miss exactly? And he's got two he's got two street corn in his hand. And I'm just like, Yes, because that's what you would that's what you would miss. That's what you would go. You would go get the street corn, and then you'd be like, Okay, what happened? So. um it was, that was for feeling of this movie. I it was a hundred percent for me. A five, so another five. I, or? I would watch it again. Oh yeah, another five. I mean, the, I think the thing, the feeling of the whole movie really, really, really resonated with me, and the and the story, and I, at the beginning, really halfway through, I was still like, I don't know if this should have been called Coco, but once you find out, yeah, it's an you know that Coco's the it's thread. earned by the end. It's um. I, don't, I mean, yes. I guess I don't even think of the title at the beginning. I just, yeah, that first hour, I'm just a little, um, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but not to the degree as I'm used to it, yeah. Pixar. And by the end, it's, um, you know, it's hitting it out of the right. park. There. So we've, we've discussed it all, um, and I think it's obvious, but Mama Kay, do you recommend Coco? Oh, yeah. You got to see Coco. And I'm thinking, I'm, I have to see it again. Yeah. And you probably need to take the soundtrack from Apple Music or whatever you have, Amazon music anything and it's just really good and it's really heartwarming and and it's all about family yeah coco is really good coco i mean even for a pixar movie it's really really good it's in the it's in the top half for me of pixar movies i've seen and it's stiff i mean it's stiff competition i mean you're looking at the toy story trilogy and monsters inc and finding nemo and bugs life and i am on the the cars movies um but like (laughs) for the most part ratatouille up whatever you're looking at you're looking at stiff competition but coco belongs coco is up there it's a recommend recommend for sure i liked it i'm glad we did this i liked yeah i liked it even more the second time um yeah definitely definitely rewatchability and even though like we said that first hour isn't as good as the second 45 minutes you watch it all you appreciate that end even more it it, it really builds to that end and um and uh, the first hour was still great for me i was yeah still, i don't want to i, I don't want to put it start. down too much because it, no. it is it's still good it goes from good to excellent or yeah. like you know good to excellent um yeah. so yeah two recommends very yeah. very good high recommend um, High recommend. Watch and, this uh, movie. Watch, yeah. While well, it's on Netflix, while you still can. Right. Um, so coming up next week, uh, we've got probably one more streaming review as well as Endgame. <gasps> yeah. Endgame's next week. Yeah. Uh, so they I had mean, the red really, carpet it's... last night. 
Um, well, last night, so we're recording this Tuesday. Next last oh, night sorry. being Monday. Yeah, so it would have been on the twenty second. They had the red carpet, and wow. Yeah, so it's uh, it's available. It's, it's already come out a few markets, but I think it's wide. <laughs> the night of the 25th so thursday yep. and then uh, all day friday uh, and you know obviously for the next two months um but we will be re- we'll we're gonna record we're gonna um you know probably watch it once or twice give some time to digest um yeah. and then release it sometime next week probably maybe maybe next next monday or next thursday we haven't decided yet just to to give everyone time to watch it maybe even watch it a second time if you're a big marvel fan yeah. um so that'll be coming out next week and then yeah like i said uh, in earlier shows that kicks off our our big may and june i mean we got we've got more we've definitely got more streaming reviews but we have a ton of theatrical releases coming up so um look forward to those uh mama k you yeah. have anything else to add before we sign off no, I'm just going to apologize in advance for the Marvel situation because I really don't know what's going to be like, and I'm hoping that I'm able to. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do our best to keep the show as on the rails as it can possibly be for a movie that culminates <laughs> after what twenty two, twenty three movies. This is the twenty second movie, and yeah, this is going to be the thing. It's the end game. It's the end game. So um, if you want to uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review. Yes. Even if you just click the five star button, that's all it takes. I mean, you know, even if you just want to talk Disney, I will totally respond to you. Yeah, we uh, we are at on Facebook at Films with a Woman in My Life. If you want to reach out to us, ask us any questions, watch or have us watch something that you want to see. I mean, we're open. Yeah. We've got uh, some open open slots coming up. So, uh, films with uh, Films Woman Pod is on Twitter, and you can always reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore Pod Host. Um, Mama K, thank you so much for being on with me today. Thank you. And until next time, everyone. This is Brennan signing off, saying enjoy your. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.